Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. It's the end of the week, Emer. The weekend is upon us. What have you been up to? Yeah, why are you always asking me? You know, you never tell me what you're up to. You know, um, well, my life is pretty boring. To be perfectly honest, you. So I thought you've you've got more uh, more interesting stuff than I do. Oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. Next time you can start spilling the beans. Yeah. Um, I've actually um been you. You know the way, like you can't go very far at the moment because of yeah, the restrictions. The restrictions. Now, yeah, yeah. now they have lifted them a little bit, which is great, but still. Um, and you've made me feel really guilty. Um, I haven't been doing any exercise, and the weather's getting better, so yeah, I decided yeah. I'm going to get out and do a bit of <gasps> walking. Um, do you remember that of- ad on the TV? Go walking. That's what we do. Do you remember that, or is that just me, or is that? Is that a dream that I've been having about walking? I think it's more of a nightmare, but anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, um, yes, I got one. I, you, you, I, I think I must be hanging out with you too much. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I got an app and it's called Pacer Pedo. I can't even say it. Pedometer. Ped- uh, pedometer. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard of it? I have. Yes, I have used it. I used it when I used to go out playing golf before the lockdown. I used to stick it on. I did go out and play golf for about a year. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I did. All yeah. right. Yeah. I actually used to play golf, but then I was expecting my last baby and the, the golf ah. coach around and said, no, no, you'll be able to keep going. Uh, and uh, because I have, uh, you know, businessmen that come out with have slightly bigger bellies than you. And I went, yeah, but theirs don't move. Ah, I So yeah. I had to give yeah. up the golf. And I'm yeah. But I might take it back up again. You never get to, I you know, yeah. walking around some lovely countryside and go yeah. courses and seeing squirrels and rabbits. It's brilliant. All right. Did you take any home with you? Cooked them, Emer. I cooked them. You want to hit them over the head. Exactly, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, trying to get out walking again. Brilliant. So, well, well yeah. done you. Like, I suppose... Very much, as you know, I love the cycling. I use the Strava app. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I must admit, you know, when I check, even though it's tough getting up at like the crack of dawn um, Mm -hmm. and going out to cycle, when I look at the kilometers that I've cycled at the the end of the month to Mm -hmm. see I've done whatever it is, 250 or 300 kilometers, um, it sort of gives you a bit of motivation. God, I actually, I'm doing something, you know? No, I'm not. No, no, you're not not there. But anyway, like, listen, you know, Speaking of cycling and terminology, we have to switch gears now, Emer. The show is we're probably going to go downhill as we pedal into the social media joke of the episode, Emer. You're really puncturing my positivity. <laughs> well, you know, and I don't think this uh, this positivity puncture repair kit is going to help you um, because this joke is horrific. I'm, I, I'm going off for a walk now. I'll leave you to it. Okay. Well, Emer, listen, you know, this last week, this last week, you know, I um, I, quit, I, I set up I set up a promotion on social media. Did you know? Yeah. And I, I got two of my Facebook fans on a blind date. Mm-hmm. The program was a complete failure. Do you know why? Do tell. They just didn't click. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I know. Yeah, it's shocking. Shocking. I think you better get back on your bike. Um, so. Anyway, um. As ever, all I have to say is, if you felt, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say anymore. If you find today's 
social media joke anyway engaging would like more of them well you're in luck you can catch Philip's previous jokes and indeed the rest of our shows to speed through the first couple of minutes um, for good stuff uh, and you will find us on Podbeam iTunes Spotify and of course the Dublin South FM website so do go check them out please do but now down to business the business part of the show we are delighted to mm-hmm. welcome our special guest today, who is Gavin Hamar. And if you don't know who Gavin is, he's the founder of Sendable, an amazing social media management tool that has personally helped myself enormously when working and managing with all of my clients and their mm-hmm. social media needs. It is also relied upon by over 20,000 agencies, marketers, and brand managers globally to amplify their brand and social. Yeah, and Gavin is passionate about using social media to build brands based on trust, which is so important. And to gain this trust from your audience, you must get comfortable at being your authentic, that's a big word, vulnerable human self. So without further ado, let's welcome Mr. Gavin Hammer. Uh, And uh, before we get started, Gavin, what do you think of our social media comedian? Um, That joke was so bad, it was actually good. Cool. I thought I was losing my discretion to send there. I thought it was going to be a ban from the from the platform. Um, uh, I thought you're going to be on my side, Gavin. But anyway, no, no, no. I let you off. No, no, Gavin. Gavin, Gavin is a dad. He he knows that these jokes are gold. You know, and he'll probably oh. use that at, at a party or something. You know, so. Uh, but Gavin, listen, it is fantastic to have you with us. You know, like obviously we're connected on LinkedIn. You know, you've put up some incredible content and insights into what's been going on in your life, especially. Um, the last while, um, because obviously, congratulations. Uh, I know that obviously having found it sendable, you have sold it now to Triject, I think it is. And um, mm-hmm. I suppose it's a wonderful milestone for any business owner to see their vision, put all the hard work that you put in, and then you've you've reached this point. Um, I suppose that is a nice kind of way to move into our, our interview because there's lots of business owners and entrepreneurs that listen to us, you know, could you tell us, you know, what sort of business lessons you've learned from founding Sendable through the the growth of the business and obviously then to to selling it? You know, what are some of those life experiences that you've learned? Yeah, I guess there's, there's so much to speak about. You know, I've been doing this for 13 years. Um, so maybe I could just touch on how Sendable started, then yeah, kind of how we grew the business um, from there. But essentially, when I started the company, it wasn't actually what it is today. Um, so it came about because my dad actually, he runs a, um, company back in South Africa and he wanted a way to be able to schedule emails for his um, employees' birthdays. Pretty good. That was what he wanted. So I went and built this little application, just a, you know, a, a little windows application that, you know, I could run for him to schedule mm-hmm. these emails. And at the time that I built this social media was just picking up. So this is like back in 2008, wow, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, people were taking Facebook seriously, Twitter, LinkedIn was you know, obviously popular as well. And businesses started to actually pay to play on social media or even just, just pay for eyeballs, really. Yeah. So I built, I built this little email scheduler and then I started adding more and more integrations for social media platforms. Um, and I just put it on the internet, uh, made it a free service, um, and people started using it. So I had like 20,000 users very early on. Wow. Um, I'd never actually planned to create a business. It was just a little side project that I put live on the web. Yeah called it sendable.com because, you know, sending anything was possible. That's a good name. That's actually quite a good name. It is. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back now, I would do things very differently. You know, I never set out with a business plan. I just created this little thing to see if people would use it. 
Um, so I think the lesson there now is you really have to start with your business plan. Um, you really have to think about how you're going to get awareness. You know, back then I just wrote a few blogs. They wrote articles about Sendable and it took off, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But today I think because everyone's fighting for attention, yeah, you need to build an audience uh, to launch to and determine that there is a problem you have to, that you can solve. Yeah. Um, so I, I learned that lesson like three years in. You know, I kept on iterating on the side project and then three years later, I was able to pivot the business and make it a social media tool, you know, for, for businesses and agencies. Mm-hmm. That was one lesson, you know, I just obviously start with a plan. And then as the company grew, um, you know, being a solo founder without any outside funding, I just took on a lot of things myself. Um, you know, I didn't, didn't delegate enough in the beginning. You know, I was kind of doing everything, the sales, the marketing, development, bug fixing, mm-hmm. um, everything at once. And when I hired people, I was hiring bottom up rather than top down. Mm. So I was always bringing in the interns and like the uh, sort of more junior level staff. So I was having to train them and try to be a CEO and build the business. Mm. So, you know, I've learned now that you kind of start building from the top down, hire experience first, let them train and hire the junior people. Um, so I learned all these lessons, you know, I could have probably accelerated the growth much faster earlier on. Yeah. These are things that you don't really learn when you're starting a, starting a company. Trying to do everything, you know. Uh, we, we, yeah. Know, yeah. No, never, no one ever tells you. You know, they go, yeah. you know, because they probably would frighten you off. So you go, exactly. <laughs> not going to tell them. <laughs> the minute I actually let go of things, that's when things started to accelerate. Yeah. Because mm. you're probably able to be more strategic or focus on other things and let other people, I suppose, do the day-to-day scenarios for you to a certain extent. Yeah, I think just just taking the time to step out, like zoom yeah. out and look mm-hmm. at what's happening in the markets, mm-hmm. create a vision, create a brand, you know. Um, I didn't have the time in the first three to four years, you know, when I was actually trying to build the company up. Yeah. Cause so, it, I was going to say, Philip, like yep. it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, um, it, it's a learning curve as well when you start out, you know. Um, it is. Absolutely. And like that market that that Sendable is mm-hmm. in uh, is a very competitive one. You know, there's there's so many tools. And I suppose you you have seen it over these last number of years, Gavin, how more and more tools have come out um, and constantly having to innovate or pivot or kind of stay ahead of the curve to a certain extent. Yeah, I think the, I think this is the the crazy thing for us. You know, we're we're a fully bootstrapped company in a highly competitive space. Yeah. So we we have around fifty employees, um, and as you said, around twenty thousand users on the platform. But we're competing with the likes of Hootsuite, Sprout Social. We've raised hundreds of millions of dollars in funding, hmm. and the fact that we we're able to be still ranked in the top like three to five tools in the world with no funding at all um, yeah. just shows what can happen when you build a company. Obviously, after I discovered what I needed to do. Learning about how to make the company scale and you know profitable and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I you know it took me three years to learn that. But um, I think I think w- w- one other big thing we did uh, that was pivotal was as the company grew, you know, past thirty people, you realize that communication gets tricky as well. You know, you have managers of managers, and mm. <laughs> it just oh, yeah. gets a bit crazy. Yeah. Um, so I had to kind of write a management playbook um, for all the managers to adopt within the company, so that way I could have my vision but then ensure that every manager was getting the best performance from their direct reports. Very good. Once I, once we implemented that, we had several workshops and um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was able to give autonomy to the team. So they, they knew what their goals were, you know, they knew what they had mm-hmm. to achieve, but they had complete autonomy to get towards those goals. And that's when we kind of built this rocket ship and, you know, our growth just, just blew up from there. So like, it's, it's sort of like, it's been a, like a step-by-step process, you know, you go two steps forward, one step back, two step, another two steps forward. Um, I wanted to ask you, actually, you know, you were talking about creating a brand. 
you know, Gavin, why do you feel that businesses kind of need to put more focus on creating and building their brand? Is it even more now with COVID or, you know, what, what's think, your advice on that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think what's happening now is, you know, it's getting much harder to attract new customers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, not, not just like eyeballs or attention, but actual loyal customers. Yeah. You know, your, your customers are spoiled for choice. You know, everyone's trying to grab their attention. You've got things like, you know, YouTube, uh, Net, even Netflix taking their attention. Yeah. Then you've got social media and all the short form content. Mm. Um, where their attention spans are completely just like shrinking. It's like, I think it's like less than eight seconds now that you have to get someone's attention. We're all goldfish now, Gavin. You know, it's like <laughs> exactly. literally, you know, goldfish, three, four yeah. seconds and it's like instant gratification. If I just blink. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah just by breathe these days, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so because of those people, you know, our, our customers are getting better at ignoring all things that are inauthentic, yeah. like ads, salespeople, anything that's mm-hmm. fake. Hmm. They're just filtering out naturally, you know, um, even with, um, you know, kind of uh, ad blockers, you know, you're seeing like, I think almost 30% of users are, are blocking ads now. Hmm. So it's really hard to get through to your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that the best way now is to really build a brand, to build build an audience that trusts you. It's really about building trust, you know, in yeah. the audience yeah. so, that, so that they aren't kind of being sold to anymore. They kind of come to you when they're ready to buy and mm-hmm. I think I think that's why you need to really focus on telling your story, sharing behind the scenes, you know, sharing your vulnerabilities, and just getting them to buy into your story. Yeah. Um, so that when they think of something they want to buy, they think of your brand, of your company, of you know, kind of what you offer, that they can trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just because today, I think the most difficult thing is to get someone's attention, and um, it all starts with building trust and building your brand and making it memorable, um, so they come to you when they're ready. Yeah. It's. it's um... I think it's very powerful advice because I know it's something that you do very well, even on your LinkedIn posts, you know, where there are little insights into your mindset or even I remember when you were, say, kind of announcing, obviously, the sale. You you had done a lovely kind of couple of posts where you're recapping and you kind of showed a picture of, say, your first desk and some of the small pictures on the room. And it was sort of it was just once again, it was just showing, listen, I'm just a normal person who worked hard to build this business up and I've got to where I am today, but you were leaving people into a, an insight into who you were, you know, and I think, mm-hmm. I think there's more and more of that. I think people, I know myself included, I don't know what you think, Emer, but I'm definitely, I want to feel a connection with an individual or a, or a, or a company that yeah. align with how I treat people or how mm-hmm. I, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, businesses avoid putting up any personal stuff, even in their about section. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm I'm an open book, unfortunately. Um, I can't lie to save myself um, or anyone else. Um, mm. And uh, like, I, I, I'm happy enough to share my story because, you know, other people might, as I say, resonate with them. Yeah. But they didn't know that maybe I worked here or I worked there. Um, but my CV, I have to laugh, my CV looks like, uh, where the hell is she going? Because most people stay in the <laughs> one V and I have a friend who stayed in banking forever and I'm like going oh god no I have to try something different life's too short look at that you pedometer know? that you, you'll see where you're yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know I think it's I've gone off the Richter scale now but yeah. um, but it is so true you know giving a little bit of yourself um mm. gets people to go do you know what they seem okay yeah absolutely and I suppose Something that I think that I think that you practice very well, Gavin, and obviously has instilled that in the Sendable team is that I think with all of the technology and the 
the impetus that social media has placed, people still want to do business with people at mm. the end of the day, you know. Um, and I suppose that leads me on to this this question. Um, you know, based on your, I suppose, your mindset and what you've learned and and this whole element of building a brand through showing the, the human side of the business, is there any steps or tips that you could advise as to how a business begins to build that brand strategy for themselves? Yeah, I think I think just just back on the last point, just something I wanted to add was yeah, yeah. Um, you mm-hmm. know on on social media. I think a, a big mistake we see is that people are trying to sell, 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 right? They're oh, I know. Drive, yeah, drive yeah. sales. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the the number one thing that you can think about when you, when it comes to social media is that you want to sell trust. All you're trying to do there is get people to trust you. Mm-hmm. And um, back to the strategy points, you know, I, I came from a place where you know, I think back in the day, Sendable would just let you distribute content to multiple platforms the same thing, just drive awareness. Mm-hmm. And you were sharing links and trying to drive traffic back to your site. Uh, but I went through a process where I, again, as I said, I stepped out, zoomed out, looked at what was happening um, in the world of social media in particular. And um, I realized that what's happening is, you know, you, you are basically paying Facebook to show your content now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the issue with that is that Facebook's algorithms are trying to keep you in the newsfeed. So yeah. you're trying to like <laughs> try to drive people away from the feed but Facebook's trying to keep them in the feed hmm. and obviously all the platforms. So it doesn't, doesn't really work anymore on social media. So this was like the whole thing about how our brand strategy started out. You know, you have to have an opinion. Yeah. So our opinion was that ads are going to be obsolete. Um, you know, we don't believe ads are the future. People are filtering them out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you take this strong stance whether people agree or disagree and you identify a big shift in the world. So we, we saw the shift that ads are going to be less effective. People don't trust ads. Fake news has died out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you identify your big shift, you basically show the winners and the losers. So those who are keep who keep trying to push ads, um, as more and more businesses are trying to advertise, you know, you're gonna have to pay more to get your content seen. Mm. It's gonna be harder to actually convert them into customers. Uh, so we believe that the best way is to be a storyteller, build trust, build your trusted audience who will come to buy from you. So that's that's the second point. Yeah. So show winners and losers. Mm-hmm. And then your third third aspect of your sort of brand strategy or your brand narrative is to kind of tease the promised land. So show your audience what the future could be if they come with you. Mm. you you're essentially positioning your audience as the hero and mm-hmm. you're the guide and you're leading them on this journey to this future that you see is about to become a reality. Um, and then the, the last, the next thing is you, ex- you explain how you as a business or an individual can help them overcome those obstacles that will get them to that promised land. Um, and this is kind of the whole approach we took at Sendable when we realized that we have to have a brand, we have to build this opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not just about your color scheme, your logo, your, your font face, that kind of thing. It's really about having an opinion, seeing a big shift in the world, and then see showing how your product or service can help your audience overcome that, that challenge mm-hmm. as a result of those shifts. Yeah. Um, once you have that narrative that everything else follows, so you have your you know, sort of content strategy comes from that, your, your pillars, content pillars. Mm-hmm. social media content, you'll get the inspiration from that narrative. Um, and this is kind of how we did it. And then from there, you know, obviously we, we obviously had our, our kind of vision and mission and our values and all those kinds of things. But the narrative that we told every new starter in the company, all our customers that really, I think, had the, had the biggest value for Sendable's brand building process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me personally, I would then kind of just share, share stories that linked back to that sort of opinion on the world. So as you said about, you know, being authentic, you know, telling, showing behind the scenes content, Mm -hmm. that's because I believe that it's all about trust. You know, you have to build trust on social media. 
People don't care about how amazing a product or service is. It's really about how you can make them feel or how they can become a better version of themselves by reading your content. Yeah, I mean, like, um, Philip's a great one for um, going and checking out. Like he's buying something on Amazon, say, for example, and he'd be looking at the reviews. Yes. Yeah. Um, you don't, as you said, Philip, you don't actually go and look at all the specs and information. You just go... How did somebody, was somebody happy with it? You know, did yeah. it make their day? You know, did it work for yeah. them? Does it, does it do what it says? You know? Yeah. Like, like can I, I trust, can I trust this, this crowd, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's become such a, a big thing, uh, which will probably lead into your next question, mm. Emer, mm. is that whole element of testimonials and finding people who look like me reviewing the service mm. and potentially I'm going to buy. Mm. If they're saying, yeah, it's perfect. And I have had a great experience than that mm-hmm. because I, I kind of pretty much exactly what you said, Gavin, I've pretty much done my research on my homework. Mm-hmm. So I know what I want, but I want other people who reviewed to tell me that, yeah, it is the right thing to. to yeah. Go. Actually funny, uh, Gavin, you had done a, a post on LinkedIn where you said everybody's trying to gain that word gain uh, a competitive edge through automation, bots and AI. Uh, I mean, like, you know, it, there is so much, techie information going out there that you know people are bombarded with and you know um mm. buy for me buy for me all this kind of thing as you were saying it, it the salesy angle doesn't work you're better off doing something that will build trust with your customers um how do you think social media can build trust for a business because a lot of people go i don't trust that post you know um mm. and they scroll through how how can you pull them back you know with social media yeah, yeah. I think just on that point about um, you know the automation bots and AI. Mm. Um, so we we had we at Sendable we kind of deliberately took a different stance um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of towards that because all our competitors are using bots. You know, it's, it's, they're, they're like faceless companies. Mm. Mm. So as I said, you got Hootsuite, Sprout Social, massive companies, but you never get to see the face behind the company. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one thing we did actually, this isn't just social media, but this is like everything. You know, we got rid of all our stock photos. So right. we, we wanted to use real photos of real employees or real customers on our website to make us really stand out. Yeah. Excellent. And then Very we, good. on our homepage, we call out the fact that when you, when you reach out to Sendable, you speak to real people, not bots, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's the authentic customer experience. Yeah. Um, and something I did on, on social media, um, because, you know, because we are the, the smaller alternative, uh, I think it, it sets, a, it gives us a slight advantage. You know, we basically, you know, people don't expect to hear from the CEO. So what I did was I would download the list of all our new customers every week. Mm -hmm. So we have maybe almost 500 new paying customers a week. I would literally download the list, um, get their LinkedIn profiles and connect with each one of them and send them a personalized message. Wow. Wow. So things that don't scale, I would do that, right? So I did, Mm -hmm. I I still do it every single week, download the list to connect with them all. Mm -hmm. And then you hear them, they, they, they start talking about your brand in a way that you would never expect. Yeah. They say, unlike other companies, the CEO actually reached out to us. You know, we can actually speak to the CEO. We're mm. connected on LinkedIn now. I can mm-hmm. go directly to him. Mm-hmm. And that makes them feel special. And they mm-hmm. then spread the word for us. Yeah. So that, that's building the trust because they've, they've seen firsthand the CEO leading by example, reaching out, checking in. How's your first week been attendable? Mm-hmm. And they then go and tell everyone else, you know, so they're, they're kind of doing the selling for us. Yeah. So I think it's important to recognize your, your customers are your best salespeople always. Mm. Oh, yeah. And whatever yeah. you can do to delight them, just create moments of delight. Mm-hmm. Social media, reach out to them, connect with them. Um, I think that can really help you stand out. And obviously things like sharing behind the scenes content, like we spoke about, telling your story, those things are important. 
But mm-hmm. I think what you said earlier about testimonials, mm-hmm. um, I think that is super key. So if you can get your customers to speak about you mm-hmm. and share share their experience that they've had with your company, that's like gold. I, I think yeah. that, that can bring you amazing sort of loyal customers over time, just yeah. purely down to word of mouth. You know? Yeah. Like I find uh, when I'm doing some sessions with clients and I'm going, um, you need to get some testimonials, put them on like your, you know, your Google mm-hmm. listing, say, for example, yeah. they go, oh, should I? And I'm going, yeah. You know, like yeah. people are going to go and look at that first. Uh, like I said earlier, like going mm. on, on Amazon, Philip, you'll go and you'll check the reviews. Like, Absolutely. 100%. You know? so. Yeah. Um, like it's funny, like, uh, like I know you do this as well, Emer. Like I always sometimes, if I'm working with a client to mm. discuss maybe social media strategy, et cetera, I'll throw mm-hmm. in a, a question as in, so tell us, you know, just tell me why do your customers do business with you? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the amount of times a business will kind of say, hmm, there is a question. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And I suppose that kind of leads into this point, kind of Gavin, in relation to mistakes. Um, Because I think you mentioned this, you know, I think a lot of businesses these days, and at times I think we've probably fallen into the trap ourselves, Emer, is that you Don't get fall into any traps. <laughs> okay, I just <laughs> fell into the trap. That suddenly you get, and 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 you may this may you you may resonate with this, uh, Gavin. But I suppose there's sometimes with social, there's all there seems like a sort of a perceived pressure. I have to get twenty five tweets out, and I have to get X amount of posts out, et cetera, et cetera, as mm. opposed to taking a step back and no, I don't have to automate everything or mm. I don't need the, the chat bot to suddenly be there to, that if I just put myself out and mm-hmm. be human, and that's what I've personally done now mm. that I now Percy thank everybody that follows me on Twitter or Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the amount of people who go, that's the first time anyone's personally thanked me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of business are missing that element. Um, like, what sort of mistakes are you seeing businesses make when they're trying to build their brand on social, yet they're, it's all about for them, it's just get content, content, content out, sell, 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 mm-hmm. no personality though. Exactly. What you've done there is something that a lot of businesses don't do, you know, mm-hmm. the, the CEO messaging me. Incredible, you know. Yeah, I think I think it's a perspective on how social media should be used. Um, the way I see it is, I think, I think for the most successful businesses, if you, if you treat social media as just a way to be part of a community, so it's, it's community building. And when you join a community, you're really just there to help, help the community grow, help answer questions, mm. give them value. Um, so I think the, the common mistake is where you see people, as you said, they make it all about them. Yeah. Uh, you can spot them easily when they use we and I in their bios mm. instead of you. Um, yes. So it's always I, I, we, we, you know, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they they fail to relate it back to how they can help the community really on social media. Yeah. So it's fine to say we and I, but you have to have some sort of anecdote or lesson at the end that can help bring value to your to your audience. Yeah. So that, that's the first thing. The we and I usage really really annoys me. Yeah. Um, and then you, and then you get people who are now it's very obvious that they're trying to build their brands on social media. So they write this long post like storytelling, you know, all these usual sort of structures from storytelling. Um. And they're obviously trying to build trust, mm-hmm. but then they blow it when they have a CTA at the end. So they'll say, you know, I did this, I became this challenge. And then, you know, click here to subscribe to my newsletter or something, you know, something like that. So, mm. so I think the minute you have an ask is the minute you lose their trust. Yeah. Right. You need to just keep on giving and not expecting anything in return. 
Mm -hmm. As I said before, you're just really selling trust. You aren't trying to build a, you know, kind of get any business from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you, if, you, if you think about social media and the funnel, the marketing funnel, this is really at the awareness stage, right? You're just trying to get awareness, build trust, yeah. get people down the funnel slowly and mm-hmm. use social media as a way to build that, that brand. Um, so yeah, I think, think treating social media as a community is key. Um, finding problems that you can help solve. So mm-hmm. not just posting, but actually going in there searching for questions that are being asked that maybe you can add value to by leaving a comment. Hmm. And I think LinkedIn is great for this because you'll see your comments obviously in someone else's feed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really should be there to help. And then I think the easiest thing that we all know about is don't include any links in your posts. Hmm. Um, you know, the platforms want to keep you on the platform or mm-hmm. you know, keep the, the audience on the platform. That's why video is still working great. You know, any, any visual sort of posts that tell a story work great. And again, it's all about not having a CTA. And really the only CTA is how you can help. Like what's the lesson? What's the takeaway for the mm-hmm. reader? Yeah. for the for the viewer um so visual posts uh don't worry about links don't drive any traffic away from the platform um keep them on there as as, as long as you can mm-hmm. and just i think if you can get into the habit of just keeping people engaging with your posts then you'll be rewarded over time by the platforms mm-hmm. so they'll see that your posts are getting engagement you might get more views on your videos and then linkedin and facebook and whatever it is will reward you with more um views uh, you know of their content there you go, Philip. Uh, you have to keep engaging us with your social media jokes and no and no one will switch off. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's the wrong type of content. I'm not answering problems. I'm actually mm. creating them. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Glad, glad you said that. <laughs> I'm creating <laughs> pain points. <laughs> you certainly are. You yeah. certainly are. Yeah. Um, but again, like, you know, it's all down to, you know, you build trust. It's a bit like when you go out um, and I, I'm trying to remember when I went on my last date, but when you and I, I'm oh, hope my husband isn't going to hear it. Been at least a year, he might say. I'm married a couple of years, um, but um, no, it is like you know, you go out and you meet people. Mm. You don't just go here buy from me. Like you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, you're more likely to say, Philip, will you buy for me? Um, especially yeah. In the bar. yeah, yeah. When you open up yeah. the wallets, the moths are yeah. flying out. You know, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, and like what you were saying earlier, Gavin, it's like you know, social media has become very much a pay for play. And you know, you were saying like, okay, social media ads are great for driving awareness, but they're not sustainable. And that's the thing; people keep you know pumping money into them all the time. And and mm-hmm. that that's you know, when you see the word sponsored, you just go, I'm yeah. past that. Or yeah. I actually even. Mm-hmm. Turn, you know, like uh, trying to, you know, knock them off so I don't have to see them on even on Facebook. Um, so they really aren't going to get you anywhere on the long term. Uh, what can you say to us going forward with that? Do you, as you're just saying, is just keep building the trust? Yeah, I think that I think ads are still still great for just making an audience aware of your brand. Mm-hmm. So you still have to get the eyeballs right, but I'm saying yeah. those, those eyeballs won't necessarily convert into customers. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if you have an ad that drives someone to your website, it's very likely they'll stick around after that. You know, they'll they'll kind of mm-hmm. go straight back into the newsfeed, mm-hmm. just because they become you know people are, are skimmers and scrollers today. Yeah, right? you know, you see yeah. an ad, you might click it, but you're really in the in the mode of scrolling through a newsfeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think it's I think I think what you have to do with advertising is obviously drive awareness, get them to your website, but then remarket to them. So mm-hmm. you have to use remarketing alongside the awareness campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's super important. I think that's that's another mistake people make. They forget to add that Facebook pixel mm-hmm. uh, to remarket to the audience. Yeah. yeah. And the remarketing piece is when you can, in a way, kind of build trust 
or potentially build build an audience um, that when you post organic content, you have their attention. But it takes a long time. You know, we, we've been we've been ascendable. We've been using or testing Facebook ads for years, but haven't had any real success. Uh, all of our successes come from word of mouth. You know, mm-hmm. customers nice. referring other customers to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we haven't ever seen advertising work. You know, for our kind of business. Mm. Yeah, so I, I believe, and I think it's it's getting even harder now with more people on the platforms, especially since COVID. And yeah. everyone's online now trying to advertise their businesses. Mm. That's really hard to get attention. So you need to start by, I think, start slowly. Like, I think there's there's no quick wins here. You need to start slowly, um, build your audience, build a brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clubhouse, you know, Clubhouse is great for just building an audience. You know, you can build your own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just jump on one in a room and just start talking. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, if you can be yourself, be authentic, uh, that's much more important than, I think, driving awareness through Facebook ads. Mm. Yeah, I think Clubhouse actually, and even Twitter Spaces, um, yeah are really going to be really um, important this year, especially because people are kind of stuck at home and you get fed up listening to Spotify. Really? You do. (laughs) So you're going to go and listen to real people. um, And, uh, you know, I feel like you don't have to worry about, you know, sorting the hair out. It's grand, you know, like, you know, they, they don't see you. (laughs) They just hear you. It loads are good though, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. But it it is, it is, I, I agree with you, Gavin, like the, you know, been able to hear somebody, uh, especially somebody new that you haven't maybe mm, got a, yeah. you haven't maybe watched any, they haven't really been doing videos, intent, um, and yeah. they um, are uh, maybe not a fan of the camera. So they're going to be more comfortable with the audio. Yeah, and, very, you know? very much so. Um, and like, I know you mentioned it there, Gavin, something which I think is a big mistake a lot of businesses make is that whole element of patience. Mm. Because, you know, I think businesses kind of throw themselves into social media and if if they're not building a customer list within six months that's profitable and generating huge sales ah, mm-hmm. social social doesn't work and i think it's kind of exactly what you're saying gavin is use the social to build the trust build mm-hmm. that real brand personality builds the community and you know if you are consistent and patient with that and show up um, then things will start to be rewarded, etc. You know, it just doesn't happen though. Um, like I suppose the economic thing is obviously businesses are in it to create sales. You know, every business needs to generate revenue to grow mm-hmm. and etc. Um, how would you suggest potentially a business can use social to leverage sales if they don't want to strictly just use or totally focus on paid media? Yeah, so I guess back to the whole trust thing that I spoke about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that I think it's a common thing, but you know, with with your audience on social media, you're essentially renting the audience. Mm. You know, you it kind of comes down to the algorithms. You know, Facebook or LinkedIn could change the algorithm overnight, and suddenly your audience won't see any of your content. Yeah. Um, so I believe that you need to own your audience. So that means driving people that trust you into a mailing list or maybe even, you know, people are using SMS these days again, mm-hmm. going back to SMS lists. Yeah. But I think you need to find a way to build trust. And then once you have that trust, you bring them into your own list. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you have a newsletter where you add more value, it's still high up the funnel, mm-hmm. but you know, you have, you have their attention, you can get through to them. So yeah, I think it's, it's less about like driving a direct sale from social. Mm. It should be obviously part of the strategy, but not the only strategy. Yeah. You know, some businesses are successful. You know, some you know obviously with e-commerce and if you're buying you know fashion products, 
it does work where you see something on Instagram and you go and buy it. But mm-hmm. in most cases, businesses don't work that way. You know, it takes time to build a relationship, build the trust. Yeah. So I think, you know, you want to drive them towards some sort of owned um, channel that, that you, that you control where you can reach them when you want to reach them. Yeah. Um, and as I said before, I think you need to use the paid media along with the remarketing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to uh, drive them towards your website, but then expect them not to buy from you immediately. Mm-hmm. You want to keep showing them ads, make them aware of you, you know, get them onto your mailing list. Um, and then eventually over time through trust mm-hmm. um, and trust building and organic content and videos and them seeing more of you is when you'll be able to convert them into sales. Yeah. You know, uh, if, you, if you take Nike, Nike shoes, for example, you know, you, you don't see Nike, like their sales team calling you up saying, I've got the, you know, we're selling the new pair of shoes yeah. and buy them. Mm-hmm. You kind of, you, you kind of trust the brand. You trust Nike as the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you want to be in that same position where they just trust you because they've heard about you. They've seen your content yeah. and they come to you when they're ready. And something, something that you said, which I think has been very powerful and, and a real good, I suppose, a, an intrinsic reason for why Sendable has been so well, because I know based on my own experience of using the, the product is the ethos you've created with, say, the team and the employees and the fact it's real people, because, you know, we've both experienced, I suppose, how on the outward facing kind of company side, you may see brand advertisement or post that suggests we're wonderful, we're there for you. But then suddenly when you look for customer service and you might send a, a DM or something on Twitter mm-hmm. and and it's a total disconnect. So I, I think it's probably fair to say that's probably another kind of element that business needs to be aware of is that if they want to build trust, they need to make sure that their staff and their team are also buying into that so that their interactions with the customers online reflect that trust building and empathetic side. I, I suppose that'd be fair to say, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think from from what we did at Sendable was we we set the values. Um, so one of them would be transparency, authenticity, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we then we looked at all the touch points with customers. We thought, okay, how can we reflect those values with every touch point we have with a customer? Very good. Uh, so when they contact support, can we rather than sending them a text response, can we use video? So maybe send them a video showing our face, talking mm-hmm. through how they overcome that challenge. Cool. Mm-hmm. Then we have sales calls. You know, can the sales um, agent have the camera on? Um, you know, so all these little, these little things that we changed yeah. really added up to this, this trust factor, you know, and being authentic and yeah. you know, customers really trusting us. It was all about the experience. That's, that's, that's actually a lovely touch, especially now because people are actually yeah, kind of, you know, maybe at home. Yeah. Yeah. We want to see someone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're yeah. the only person I ever see on a Friday, Philip, you know. It's no wonder you always look so, you know, tired <laughs> and some bleak on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up for the weekend. You, you give me uh, that lift, you know. But yeah. um, again, as I say, like it's, it is unfortunate at the moment. We all have to try and go do the extra mile. I'm not saying unfortunate, but, you know, for a lot of companies that maybe haven't planned ahead, like you have, uh, Gavin, yeah. trying new things. Uh, maybe this is where they have to now go, we, we have to sit down and we have to plan something and make more of an effort with our customers rather yeah. than sell, sell, sell. I think, yeah. I think now, I think now is a great time to build trust though, because everyone's mm-hmm. at home, you know, you see your kids coming in the background, disturbing yeah. your, your Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. And I think that the people that are trying to cover that up are the ones that are at a slightly disadvantage, so slight disadvantage to the others, because mm-hmm. now's a really good time to embrace that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're on a call with a customer and your kid comes in, 
just bring the kid onto the call and introduce them to the customer. And that's another way to build trust. Very simple. You haven't seen my children. <laughs> Demons. Yeah, I have them Demons. locked really? away. I have them locked away. Um, but it is like, I mean, uh, you know, uh, people actually buy from people that are actually like themselves, you know, they're, they're going to go, I am, I trust that uh, hairdresser whenever I get back to the hairdressers. <laughs> yeah. But rapport. You know? Yeah. Like, like I suppose digital rapport is, is, mm. is becoming a big thing now. You know, if you can create rapport in the digital sense, mm-hmm. when we can get back to meeting people, the connection or sense of connection, when you meet that individual that you've been. They look the with, same. Yeah. And it's yeah. almost like kind of, I really know you and that there's no trying to resell anything. It's like, let's continue on and go bigger. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. 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 Does that make sense? I was going to ask you, Gavin, um, you know, uh, you know, you're trying to get people on your email list. That's an, it's not a nice thing to discuss, it's but anyway, tough, mm, yeah. 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 Um, and th- we all kind of use some tactics like, you know, gated content where, you know, you have to leave your name and your email address to yeah. get your PDF of social media jokes, Philip. Yeah. 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 Um, the download. Yeah. 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 Do you get, yeah, I take it you get loads of those, do you? I'm at minus one subscribers. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, I must get my name off the list as well. You did. Anyway, <laughs> you know, do you feel gated content is dead or is it still viable um, at the moment? Um, uh, or is there a better approach? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so personally, I believe gated content is dead. Um, you know, so there's this, this trust equation um, where trustworthiness is basically defined as, as credibility plus reliability plus intimacy mm-hmm. divided mm-hmm. by self-orientation. Mm-hmm. So if you if you can reduce the self-orientation, anything that's about you, that's when mm-hmm. you build trust. You know, it's, it's make, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, so when you're asking for an email, you're actually making it about you. So you, you get in their emails that you can basically turn them into a customer mm-hmm. uh, and they might, might not be ready to be a customer yet. You know, mm-hmm. so you don't want to, I mean, any, any content that's high up the funnel mm-hmm. should be ungated. Let right. them just see the content, especially because they can just click back and go back into Google and find something else that, that isn't gated. Mm. But if, you, if you're the only one that has gated content, you had a, a massive disadvantage there. You know, you want to make everything open. And then, as I said before, use remarketing tactics rather mm. to show them your content so they can they come back when they're ready to buy from you. Yeah. Um, because in most cases, you know, if, you're having a, if you have a PDF or a downloadable that just uh, creates awareness, mm-hmm. they won't add their email address to that because, you know, they, they, they don't know about you yet. They don't trust you yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you send them emails when they aren't ready, it'll only serve to drive them away. You know, they'll put you into the spam folder too early on. Yes. And you'll lose out, you lose out to that, you know, completely. Um, and as I said before, as in the beginning of the interview, there's, there's so much choice for your customers. Yeah. So don't lose the opportunity to get their attention. If you have them on your website, yeah. you want them to see what value you can offer not hide it behind a, you know, gated sort of email form hmm. um, because you only have eight seconds to grab their attention. So yeah, uh, yeah I, w- I would say if it's high up the funnel, make it ungated. Mm-hmm. Once you have a bit of their trust, maybe it's a newsletter or something, you can then mm-hmm. ask them for their email address, but um, don't do it too soon. Sure. There you go, Philip. Don't do it too soon when it comes to those jokes. <laughs> I keep okay. saying it. Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> what I'm, what I might have to do now is I'll ungate my joke sheet <laughs> um, and I might test that. See, see, see yeah. the downloads are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, 
like like Gavin, it's been great talking to you. It's been really uh, refreshing to get your mm. your intake because I suppose because myself and Emer are very much immersed on social every day of the week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've seen a lot of opposite approaches where it's literally mm. just get content out, boom, 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 boom. Um, so it's refreshing to hear your point of view today. Um, I know on your LinkedIn feed you had this piece of advice which really resonated with myself and Emer, And it was, you know, as startup founders, it's natural to constantly want to do more, but the best strategy is always to do less really well. And I suppose, Gavin, as, as business owners ourselves, um, you know, how it was, it really resonated because myself and Emer, I'm sure just like the listeners, were constantly juggling so many different things. Mm. Um, like, how do you strive to follow that mantra? Etc. In, in your own business and beyond. Um, yeah. So just well, one one kind of um, idea that I had was that you know everyone has these to do lists. You mm. know, so you have a list of things you have to do. Yeah. I started introducing this won't do list. So you have a to do list and you have a won't do list, and these are things really that you'll say no to every day. Right. So if if someone asks me to do this thing or some admin task, I'm going to say no. Right. You you basically like deliberately make a list of things that you will that you will not do today. That really helped me. Um, but for, for me personally, from a business perspective, um, you know, in the beginning, when you're a startup, it's natural to jump at every single opportunity. You know, you see something there, a new potential customer mm-hmm. wants you to build a feature or do something that isn't really aligned with your vision mm-hmm. and you just do it. Um, and I did, I did yeah. those things in the beginning. I just said yes to everything. And we added kind of quite a bit of bloat into the product. Mm. So Sendable, for example, we, we added uh, email and marketing tools and SMS marketing tools. Right, and we didn't really have a clear vision of wanting to be a social media platform. Hmm. So everything just kept coming into the platform, all these new features, and because of that, we kind of um, didn't attract the right kind of user in the beginning. Hmm. So when you attract the wrong kind of customer, you're suddenly building the wrong product. You know, it doesn't yeah. really suit anyone well. It's kind of just this mediocre thing. Yes. Um, so I started to like descope things. I started to say no to things. Started to define the ideal customer that we want to work with. Um, and once you have the ideal customer that fits your solution or your offering, mm-hmm. then it's very easy to say, no, you can say, look, we aren't right for you. Mm-hmm. Here's another product you can use, mm. but when you're ready for us, come back. And that's a great way to build trust again, right? So you aren't all things to all people. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're something to some people. And when they become that person, they come back to you because they trust you because you're honest and open about who you are for. Mm-hmm. And I've done that like over the last couple of years, we've been very honest, you know, we aren't the right tool for that. He has a better solution for you if you need that kind of thing. But if you need this kind of thing, we're great for that, you know? So just having those kinds of conversations, saying no to customers um, Mm -hmm. when you really aren't right for them rather than bending over backwards to make it work. uh, That was a big thing. And then obviously being a CEO, you have to be very efficient with your time. Yes. So just um, saying no to things that may not be popular. Mm. Um, You know, maybe you can delegate things more easily or, push back on things when people make a request of you. So if someone asks you for something and maybe someone else could do it better than you, don't just jump in it because you want to help. You yes. know, learn yeah. to say no. It's just better for the company if you say no sometimes and we can figure things out. People can of then course. grow, you know. Of course. So just generally just, yeah, just just don't be afraid to say no, you know. Well, I'm delighted, Gavin, and I'm sure Emer is the same that our interview didn't find its way onto your 
not to do list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we got into your to do list. <laughs> he might say no again. You never know. Maybe he'll come back. This is really back. <laughs> let, let me let me take a rain check on that invite, Phil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so before you say no, um, can you tell us maybe if you have any nice, lovely plans coming up and is there a next phase in your entrepreneurial journey and sendable? Yeah, I mean, I think for now, um, you know, I want to just help other entrepreneurs um, kind of share the lessons I've learned. Because mm-hmm. as I said, I've made a lot of mistakes over the 13 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just give back and show people that you don't have to raise funding to get a company going, you know. Mm-hmm. So Ascendable was fully bootstrapped, you know, for all this time. Just showing people that you don't have to go to a VC or, you know, to, to raise capital. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's, that's quite fresh for a lot of, uh, you know, tech founders in particular. So sharing with them just my approach to how I've got the business off the ground. Um, so I'm just I'm doing that through a newsletter. So here's another, another sort of a call to action. But yeah, I've created a newsletter, a very small list, where every now and then I'll just be sharing sort of short, actionable takeaways mm-hmm. that people can use in their own business. Um, there's, there's no frequency. It's just as I think of an idea, I'll write it up and share it. I'll be sharing things that I read as well, all the books I'm reading and mm-hmm. um, you know any tactics I've used in Sendable. But I'm also going to be building a new a new startup. So as I go through that process, I'm going to be, I'll be sharing the lessons I've used from Sendable mm-hmm. or learned from Sendable in the new the new product. Uh, I can't say what the product is just yet. Okay. Um, but I, it is linked to sort of trust building. You know, so I, I believe that there's this movement towards trust based marketing. Uh, you know, as I was talking about now, where it's less about kind of re, uh, kind of getting a cold call, mm-hmm. but more about building relationships over time, building a yeah. brand getting your audience to pay attention to what you have to say. And I want to build a solution that helps with that, uh, you know, to help people move forward in that direction towards this, this trust economy. Um, yeah. So if people want to subscribe to the newsletter, it's just gavinhammer.substack.com. Uh, I promise you I won't spam you with any uh, <laughs> content, but yeah, I'll be sharing my journey on there uh, as I build this, this, this new product. Brilliant. Uh, well, I'll definitely be uh, signing up for that because yeah. uh, I think every day is a school day and, uh, yeah. you know, it's great to be able to get uh, a feeling that you're not on your own and somebody understands you, especially if you're working for yourself. Mm, yeah. Never stop learning, I suppose. It's, uh, every day is a, is a new learning day, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, Gavin, it's been fantastic to have you on the uh, on the show to kind of hear your your thoughts and your journey as you've kind of progressed over these last 13 years and obviously wishing you every success in the in the next 13 and beyond. It's been uh, it's been insightful. I've learned a huge amount today. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, um, uh, Gavin, um, I am delighted that you were able to come and join us. Um, and just to let you know, my son is called Gavin. Wonderful name. Oh, wonderful yeah. name. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully he'll follow in your footsteps uh, and be an entrepreneur because um, he's always looking. He's 17 and he's like, you know, thinking, you know, uh, I want to be the next uh, Elon Musk. Is it Elon Musk? Elon Musk. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. It, and I go, great. I, that's great. I can yeah. give me all the money that I spend on him. It's, it's just incredible. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, uh, so I'm living in hope, as they say. But uh, again, uh, thanks so much. It, it, this has been really great. And uh, hopefully you will come back and join us for uh, an update on what you've been doing. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Brilliant. And uh, and do check out the other episodes, uh, 
Gavin, you know, the even better jokes there that you can use for those <laughs> no, uh, don't, for your don't. next journey. <laughs> I'll do that. No, cool. <laughs> well, I suppose all I have to say now is if you did enjoy today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So please do download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all that's left to say is... I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media. And we'll see you again soon for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye. Bye.